track My best friend's in a gun rack I'm a low life I owe everybody money I think racist jokes are funny I'm a low life I got a dirty mind A gutter mouth I'm making time I'm going out with your wife Cause I'm a low What's up, motherfuckers? Welcome to a, another episode of the Low Life Motherfucking Chopper Podcast. A.K.A. the Low Life Cigar Smoking, Beer Drinking, Dog Watching, <laughs> Dog Training, Chicken Raising, <laughs> Motherfucking Podcast. We are celebrating two years of doing this show, and what better way to do it than out here on the ranch... The dogs are running free. We're running free. We got the laptop. We're enjoying the sounds of nature in the background. So you might hear some birds chirping, some dogs barking. Hopefully those fucking ravens don't come back. But uh, yeah, welcome to the two-year anniversary of the podcast. We have a fantastic show for you guys this week. You had questions we got answers. You guys are getting better every time with the questions, too, I must say. You guys are crushing it. <laughs> so, before we get into all of that and a whole bunch more good stuff, let's start this thing off the way we always do with these motherfucking sponsors. First up, we got ChopColt.com. Lisa holding it down over there for seven years. Doing a fantastic job. We appreciate all the support. She's been supporting the show since the very beginning, and we appreciate it. Head over to chopcult.com, make yourself a build thread, check out the classifieds, scroll through that Brolodex, and find out who's riding around in your area. It is the Chopper Hub. So tell them the Low Life Boy sent you. Who do we got up next? Up next, we got Chicken Fry Choppers, the man, the myth, the legend, Chicken Rick himself, bringing you all your. Sticker spins, patches, hoodies, and chopper goodies. Uh, Rick is another one who has supported us and grown right alongside us. So uh, check out Rick at chopshit.com and tell him the boys from the Low Life Shop Podcast. Next up, we got the homie Wes, a.k.a. Custom Destruction, making some of the dopest helmets in the game. If you haven't seen them yet, you need to check them out at customdestruction.com. Custom outer shells, custom trim, custom liners. This guy does it all. And sized to whatever size you're fucking looking for. So, if you want to pick up one of the helmets that will make even the ugliest motherfucker look sexy, you need to go to Custom Destruction on Instagram or customdestruction.com and tell him that the Low Life Boy sent you. Up next, we have this month's motherfucking giveaway sponsor, which is uh, motherfucking Jerry over at 812 Inc. Giving away the dopest fucking battle axe. This thing is absolutely ridiculous. Made out of a wooden Louisville slugger and a fucking rotor. Uh, Comes with a stand. The thing's sick. 
Uh, I've posted a picture of it on the motherfucking page, so make sure you go check it out. And if you want to get involved on this giveaway, become a Patreon supporter. Grease, what is the... Uh... <laughs> to get on that <laughs> Patreon, go. you got to go to patreon.com slash podcast. It'll take you right there. Go ahead and click on giveaway level supporter. And once you jump in there, you are automatically entered in every month for a chance to win that fantastic fucking giveaway prize. That's all it takes. Simple and easy. And last but not least, we've got Lucky Horseshoe Customs and Keebler Customs out of Denver, Colorado, doing some of the most impressive fabrication work, uh, not just on bikes, but commercial work, all types of construction projects, and CNC work. So if you want to get in touch with them, it's Keebler Customs and Lucky Horseshoe Customs LLC on Instagram. Give them a follow, check out the projects they're working on, and if you need some work, they are the guys to do it. I think we made it. Did we leave anybody out? Oh, yeah, we hang on. Also, we got Paco. 50 years in the game. Does not happen by accident. They've been making some of the best parts for your Harley that you're going to be able to get your hands on. They got exhausts, frames, front ends, transmission components, engine components. They got it all. Head on over to Paco, P-A-U-G-H-C-O.com and let them know that we sent you. You can also find them on Instagram, Paco Parts on Instagram. We did it. Alrighty. I think we're ready at this point to roll into these motherfucking shoutouts. So to kick things off, did I already do, did I do Caleb Denton's shoutout last week? I think so. Might have to do another one because I hit him up. If I, if this is twice in a row, then so be it. But I hit him up the day I was putting together the fender, the new fender on the soft tail, and he gave me some tips about how to get both mount holes to line up and just kind of radius the front down better, which worked out perfect. And also, right before I make the seat pan for it, I had this big, ugly sensor that was sitting right there, and I was like, hey, we're on FaceTime audio. I'm like, what the hell is this thing? Can I get rid of this? And he's like, oh, that's your starter, the relay for the starter. And I got the push-button starter. Nice. So pulled that shit off, tested it out, still starts, still runs, no problems. So it's going to be a whole lot more streamlined. The next thing, though, too, he was saying is that uh, ECU that sits there uh, under the seat yep. on the the Ultima ignitions and probably the S&S ones, it's integrated into the nose cone. And that whole box is gone, too. Nice. So that's that's the next step is to buy one of those ignitions and get everything out from underneath the seat. Uh, shout out to Irapaport. Uh, if you guys remember, he sent me, um, some like chunk metal, brass, and I think he said, what the hell was that? Tungsten? Tungsten or, carbide? Well, not tungsten, titanium. I don't know. Oh, titanium. It. titanium. it was titanium, yeah. Um, yeah, so he sent me a bunch of that shit, and I actually made my shift peg, um, out of the brass chunk that he sent me, so. Huge oh, shout dude, out that him. came out so sick, too. That was your rap report? Yep. Yeah, he hit us up after that to say, 
what the fuck are you guys yeah. talking about? <laughs> I didn't send you tungsten. It's titanium. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, let's see. Shout out to the homie Rhino Dick. This motherfucker is getting into vapor honing. And is he? Yeah, and he's doing a fucking some serious homie hookups while he, no pun intended, hones the craft. Uh, fish tank whiskey was over there with what it looked like a starter motor. Um, Rhino, had, Rhino motor had done a, he had done a bunch of carbs that were looking pristine, like they rolled off the factory floor. So, if you need vapor honing, Rhino R Y N O underscore Dick on Instagram. Let them know we sent you, and get those fucking parts cleaned up. Fuck. I'm definitely going to have to hit him up when I do my motor. It's so cool having homies that do, like, every every yeah. portion that, like, that you might not specialize in. You got somebody you can call that, like, oh, I can go to this guy for this and this guy for that. And somewhere within the friend group, there's somebody that can make it happen. So I'm glad you're stepping into that business, bud. Um, yeah, I should actually look through the messages too, huh? Shout out to fucking Cam at Hypnic Jar Customs. Um, finally got to sit and talk with him a little bit. Uh, he's been so fucking busy. So, um, yeah, finally had a little bit of time to sit and talk with him. Placed a fucking order for my taillights for my Greasy Dozen build, which is fucking sick i refuse to run any other fucking taillights and uh yeah so shout out to him for banging those out for me love it shout out to gregory goals for having the hammock game on a thousand you might have seen this on our story he sent over a picture of himself with one end of the hammock on a tree and the other end tied to those fucking tough guy bars and just fucking dangling in between the tree and the bike Somehow the kickstand is not sinking into the dirt. He's got the fucking technique down. So, shout out to you, homie. He also had the, uh, the bug net on it with the fan laying on top of the bug net, facing down over his head. I was like, <laughs> this guy's got it all. He's got uh, it all put together. Shout out to Jay Shia and the motherfucking Madhouse crew. Um, she just announced today that they just bought their uh, new Forever Home Shop. Oh, shit. So, uh, I don't have the address offhand, but go check out Madhouse Motors on Instagram and uh, see what they're doing. Shout out to Chase Breeding. Just sent over a picture. Says he's finally about that Evo life. He's got the motherfucking flame wheels. Oh, shit. He sent, he sent me that. Look at these things. <laughs> he sent me that. I've seen that. That's fucking wild. It's a Evo Dyna. It's got the fucking shocks, right? Looks to be. Looks to be a diner to me. So congratulations and welcome to that motherfucking Evo life. Actually, I don't think that's a diner. No? No. That rear fender is long as fuck. Yeah, but look at the external shocks. I don't think it's a diner. Cash. Well, well, we gotta figure that out. We got some dog wrestling going on in the background. Take it easy over there, guys. Uh, shout out to Fat Man Custom Motors. Today is his motherfucking birthday, in case you haven't seen it all over Instagram. Um, yeah, shout out to him. He's old as fucking balls now. 
46 years old he turns today. <laughs> That's it. Let's see here. Shout out to Brandon Smith. What's this guy's Instagram name? All the way Stody hit me up saying that uh, he heard last week's episode and he's all about that motherfucking chunky cat squisher wide glide thick tire life and I'm fucking with you man I can't wait to see a bunch of it and I appreciate the message um this one's not really a shout out but I'm looking for a stock length brake line for my 1980 shovelhead FXWG if you have one um let me know Again, I know I can go have it made literally in the same town Greece lives in, but uh, if I can fucking buy it off a homie, then I'm about it. So, let me know if you got one. Perfect. Let's see what we got here. Oh, aggressive dogs. Easy. I believe we got a question, a motor-related question, from GT, a.k.a. Quat13, who's got some issues with a 95 Evo Sportster. I did not hear the resolution on this one, but it's, too, it's, it's actually super long. I won't read the whole thing, but anybody that's good with motor work on Evo Sportsters, I already told them to reach out to Fat Man, so this might be resolved by now or Barton's Wrench, but if not, shoot a message to Quat13. Ask him if that's all squared away. We want to make sure you get sorted out, homie. Boofaloof also wrote to us and let us know that if you don't live anywhere near Fastenal, this is about the uh, from the Brandon Sparks episode when we were talking about shipping wheels, he said you can also drop them at the Greyhound bus stations. Let me just confirm here. Yeah. He says, if there isn't a fastenal convenient for both parties, you can use Greyhound. Yes, the bus system. You can set it all up online. It's fairly cheap and takes about five to seven days for delivery. They do. The wheels do have to be picked up and dropped off at the bus station, but most people live close enough to a bus station to make that work. So if fastenal is not in the cards for you, you can use Greyhound. So I want to make sure I pass that along in case anybody was uh, heard the episode and lives nowhere near fastenal. Um, I don't think I have anything else this week. I probably do. I just don't remember. It's hard to remember them all, right? I think we're good. I think, uh, with that said, we are good to roll into this motherfucking Q&A. First up, we have got a question from Uncle Charlie's, a.k.a. UCCS Customs. Uncle Charlie says, Do you guys have any experience with custom air filters, like custom fit filters for a custom air cleaner? So, all I can say on this is, on the Roadstar, I, I had put a, like a, a nondescript K&N filter onto that carb 
but that was just a mount with a hose clamp. That was not like uh, actually custom making. What I have seen people do though is they take that stuff that looks like it would be for a heat shield on an exhaust and I saw somebody hammer it into a round section that was like so take a take a flat piece of that stuff that's maybe two inches wide and hammer it into a circle and then put foam behind it and use that for a custom air cleaner so that was kind of that was about the fanciest I'd ever seen somebody get with it it was pretty impressive and they did a it was somebody who was who also cast the air cleaner itself remember that sand sand mm -hmm. casting thing that we were talking about he had done that it was on on a British bike can't remember which bike it was but I've seen if I could probably track that video down and find that guy if that'd be helpful to you but if you let us know what you're trying to put it on and what filter you're trying to use I think we could probably be a little more helpful um so I have I've made um air filters well air cleaners I guess an air box yep whatever you want to fucking call this right now box cleaners um Pretty much you can do whatever shape you want as long as you drill out the right pattern to bolt up to the carburetor. Um, also, as far as it goes for the filter, I usually use, I don't know what the fuck it's called, but it's pretty much just like a green foam. And you can cut it to whatever length you need. Um, that's pretty much what I use. I don't use like an actual air filter. It's more of just like a green foam that I can wrap around the inside. And uh, that seems to work out fine. One size fits all. That's it. Love it. Okay. Next question. Who do we got here? We got Trey Kashinsky, who is the fucking winner of the goddamn Deadbeat Retreat trip. So you're going to be meeting this man alive in the flesh at Deadbeat Retreat. He says, what's the best way to mount passenger pegs on a rigid? Um, so the way I did it on the step child is I just use clamp-ons and uh, you can take those on off and put them back on with just one bolt they work great yeah that's pretty hard to beat um, and they don't look bad here's, here's what I would do if I was going to do it because I know how, how it sat on the XS um, if I was going to do it on the XS I would buy on McMaster car the clamps that would like the same thing that, that a clamp on peg would have and you could I guess you could just buy the clamp on peg if you do what I'm talking about here I would clamp it on the lower rail and then I would weld like a piece of 5 8 rod coming up off it and then weld the peg to that because a lot of people clamp them to the top rail and I just don't know how anybody's sitting on a bike like that with their feet on the top rail without eating their fucking knees well I mean we're not so <laughs> yeah that's true that's somebody else's problem i guess but i highly recommend because i haven't seen anybody that makes clamp on pegs i know what i'm gonna make <laughs> clamp on pegs that have that are meant to that are See, that raise just, up and meant to be mounted on the lowers i feel like the lower rail would be too low mm -mm. But that's why you have to come up with the rod. Oh, I see what you're you saying. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like so the rod's going to come up like five peg, inches, yeah. and then the peg would come off that. I see what you're saying now. Um, I would strongly recommend doing that just because whoever you're putting on the back is... That's a little. Or, or if you have like a big king-queen seat, I guess, and they're sitting high enough, then you could probably put them on the top rails. But I also know that after 
smashing the fuck out of my leg on on Tony's exhaust that came out kind of where that would be. Yeah. I feel like you're going to really just destroy your fucking shin not paying attention as you're like throwing your leg on or off the bike with yeah. them on the top rails. And See, just... I have mine fold up though, so I can just, mine are always up. They've been down one time. So that's the one plus about it. That's true. But up would probably be the more, isn't up more in the way? Because that's where you're swinging your foot? Not really. I mean, it's like tight up against the frame. That's true. Oh, it folds up like that. It yeah. folds up into the frame. I thought you were yeah. talking about like just straight up. Uh, next, we got Adam HD Slim Rider. He says, Grease, have you given it any thought to going with a rocker foot clutch? So I have. I had a couple people reach out about the rocker foot clutch. And to me, I've never really considered it too strongly, only because two two reasons. One, I tend to be on and off the clutch pretty quick. And the thing with the rocker is you're, it's almost like a heel toe and you're, you're positioning it and wherever you put it, it stays. Correct me if I'm, if I'm getting this wrong here, but my understanding is that it stays. So if you, if you disengage the clutch, it stays disengaged and then you, you know, put your foot back on this heel toe thing and then you rock it back and then you're engaged and it'll stay wherever it goes. My understanding with this was that this is where all the problems came from, where these things are supposed to stay where you put them, but through vibrations, through many miles, eventually they have a tendency to pop out and can just drop themselves, like drop the clutch back to being engaged, and then all of a sudden you stall your bike. People will say, oh yeah, it'll dis... <laughs> Everyone always says, oh, it'll disengage or it'll engage and then you'll go flying into traffic and you'll die. You won't. Your bike will stall. If anyone who, who's ever not re- thought you were in neutral and you let go of the clutch and then you fucking stall your bike out, it doesn't just rip you out into traffic. So I'm not really worried about that. It's more just massively embarrassing to just stall your bike because you thought that the rocker clutch was going to stay when it didn't. Um, I've never really had any issues with the other type of clutch. I, I, the only thing I like about the rocker clutch is the look. I think it looks cool. Yeah. looks super old. I like the styling of it. Um but I'm usually, like I said, especially once you're already up to speed, I'm, so I'm like pushing. I'm almost just tapping the clutch as I shift and right. then just slapping the shifter into the next gear. Um, and I think the rocker, it would just be a lot harder to to do that. It'd be a much slower, more involved process. So I don't think I'm going to run it on the on the soft tail. But if I ever get a older bike one day, maybe, maybe just for the nostalgia. You chasing this fucking dragonfly? He's chasing dragonflies. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to fucking rip that thing apart. <clears throat> All right. Let's see here. <laughs> oh, God. Next up, we got Full With Wood, who's back from vacation, says, How, as gay white men, do you two refrain from having sex with each other every week? The world wants to know. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. Listen. But we got a fucking show to do. The show must go on. That is, that's the key point, all right? We can't be getting bogged down in other things. You don't fucking do two years with no misses if you're just <laughs> fucking each other all day. Yeah. You never get anything done. Except for each other. But we're trying to get the show done. That's what it's all about. We're committed to the motherfucking listeners. So, hey, you just got to do what you got to do. You got to make it happen. Let's see. Who do we got next here? 
We got fish tank whiskey. He writes in and says, Lotte, if you had to if you had to build the white trash or stepchild all over again, would you do anything differently? I'll stop there and then I'll read the rest after. Yeah. Um White Trash, I'm pretty happy with because that's a brand new build. Yeah. So that one's good. Uh Stepchild, I would definitely redo that one. Um, especially now that I have five, four, five motorcycles, four, five—I don't know. One of the one of the fucking. Does sticks. the lawnmower with the chop shit sticker count? <laughs> That's definitely a chopper. Yeah. Um, the stepchild. Uh, the thing I want to change about that is make it way more narrow. Uh, probably narrow trees, narrow a smaller tank, smaller rear fender, and uh, other than that, it's pretty fucking narrow. So. I was gonna say that's about and go with a uh, twenty-one inch spoolie instead of uh, the setup I have now. But uh, that's true. The spoolie would look nice on that. Yeah, <clears throat> but other than that, I'm pretty happy with uh, what I got so far. Uh, second part of the question: Greece, are you a member of a hog chapter yet? And is the excess jealous of your new American girlfriend? Congrats on two years, you cunts. <laughs> <laughs> As far as the hog chapter, you know, I thought I was, but I haven't gotten my patches yet in the mail. So, I'm uh, every day I take a walk to the to the old mailbox and, and wait for my initiation to come in. But uh, it hasn't come as of yet. I think COVID is getting in the way. As far as the XS, it is extremely jealous, much I, to Loctite's dismay. Yeah, go ahead, I tell him. I am fucking jealous. Yeah, I am. Listen, if you guys that have been listening to this from the beginning, you know, I've stayed. This is going to sound so bad. Hard on Greece's ass. <laughs> <laughs> going back to the last question, you know, we do our best to fight it, but, you know, sometimes it's tough. Um, yeah, I've been fucking daily reminding him that the side chick needs to be fixed and back on the road. Um, I have faith. I think uh, once he gets this new American girl running and looking the way that she needs to be, that uh, he'll get the XS back on the road. <laughs> I've even tried to convince Fox to just take over the XS. Yeah, I think that Fox is going to take over the XS. She really wants that bike. I think it's. I think it'd be a good bike for her. I don't know if I would keep the foot clutch on it. She would want me to keep the foot clutch on it. I would want her to learn first. Yeah, and then go to the foot. Yeah, clutch. Yeah, went down that road with Tony. Yeah, because that bike has. That clutch is pretty on and off. You really got to know what you're doing. That's that's one, like, once you already have ridden a well-set-up foot clutch, then you can deal with the way <laughs> right. the excess is set up. Um, it's, yeah, but but the other one is, is really taking all the time, all the focus. It's just that there's more I can do with it. I could go, like, Seaside. I can't wait for Seaside. I'm going to ride the Softail to Seaside. I, I, the excess, I, it would take me forever. I can't... We had this conversation on, on another one. Yeah. I'm sure some people's excesses go faster than mine. Mine doesn't go that fast. And for two up, it'd be a total fucking nightmare. So right now, the American girl's getting all the attention. Afterwards, I have the parts I need to fix the excess. It's just finding the motivation. It, it, I tell you this. If Fox came to me and was like, I want to work, I want to fix the motor and keep it, then I would fix it immediately. Moving on. We have Seeing Eye 94, the other winner of the Deadbeat Retreat trip. So we're going to be meeting this man in person at the show. 
He says, first off, congratulations. Thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, do you guys have any big next level goals for the show? If so, care to share? I would hope that we would because these are the Q&As. So, <laughs> I do have some goals. I'll go over mine and I think that we're probably going to have similar goals here, but I'll jump in here first to say this year, I want to be the year that we travel more. That's my biggest goal for the show. Um, we've done we've done some garage tours in the area. That's been a lot of fun. I've had a good time with that. But I really want to do some like we're going for a couple of days yeah. to a show three states away, and we're going to party with some people out in their hometowns. This is this was a big reason for getting the soft tail and chopping it up, making it into something that I feel like I could take to a chopper show, but also take a long distance away. So that, that's the first thing that jumps out of my mind is what I want to do more of this coming year. Also, COVID has made everybody so cooped up that I think probably everybody can't wait to get the fuck away for a little bit. I have some other goals, but we can kind of alternate. We'll go back and forth here. Um, yeah, I would have to agree. That's probably my biggest goal for the show. It's for us to uh, hit further shit away. Like you said, get to meet more people, travel further, take weekend trips. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing that I want the show to head in that direction, for sure. Yeah. Uh, other goals for the show is when people want something made, I want to help out more people that are listeners. If somebody needs a part or somebody, you know... You need a jockey shifter welded up. I want people to write in because I want to make stuff for these people. Yeah. I want to be involved in the builds of the listeners more um, in any way that we can. That could ju that could be just advice. Maybe you you bought a welder and you want to get better at it and you want to practice yourself. That's fine. I hope you hit me up and hit Loctite up and we can help give you guys whatever whatever it is that you're that you're looking for help with so that we can be... So it's not just like, oh, hey, here's here's my bike, and you guys have bikes, and, and the two have never intersected. Right. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping to get more involved in that. And I think that'll also come if we're traveling. You Agreed. know, if we're out there and Agreed. somebody has a shop, and it's like, oh, let me make something here in your shop. Yeah. That's the biggest thing fun. is I want to see people's shops. And like you said, we did the garage tour, but I want to, like, really get out. Like, I want to go see um, Jeff Dayton. Mm -hmm. I want to get out to Ohio and hang out with the Douche Lures guys and check out him and Short Arms fucking bikes and pretty much just that kind of shit. Like, I want to get out and see what you guys are doing, what kind of setup you have. And, uh... By the way, shout out to Jeff Dayton. I just seen that bike. Dude. It's looking good. I forgot. That was one of my shout outs. It's looking yeah. good, brother. Dude, his bike came out sick. Um, I actually talked with Jeff. We're going to get him on the show coming up pretty soon here. Hefe. So, um... And to uh, elaborate on what Grease was saying uh, about reaching out for us to help or anything, um, that also goes for, like, if you need to get in contact with somebody. Um, not saying me and Grease are the most fucking chocolate dudes out there, but we have contacts with pretty much fucking everybody after doing the show for are we not two years now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, hit us up. Like, if you got questions like, how are people getting in these shows or how are you finding out about shows or whatever... Hit us up and fucking 
We are an open book. If we know, we will tell you. Yeah, my favorite thing is when people reach out like that, and there's people that, because we have all these different accounts now, too. We got personal accounts, we got podcast accounts, we got business accounts. A lot of times, somebody will hit me up on the, in something relation to the show on my business account. And then I realized, oh, I'm not following this person on my business account. And then we have a big, long conversation. And it's like, oh, perfect. And now I'm not going to miss any of their posts. Right. So don't be afraid to write in. I want that dialogue to continue. So hopefully you guys feel like you can reach out and it's not it's not weird. You're not bothering us. Still, people will write in and be like, you can tell me to fuck off if, if this yeah. is like in the, in the, you know, too much to answer. And I'm like, it's never too yeah, much to answer. Yeah, never. That's what we do the show for. We like the interaction. We already know. I know what's going wrong in my shop. Loctite knows what's going wrong in his shop. We know our own situations. Now we're trying to find out what's going on with you guys. Right. So. And like if you got local shows coming up, fucking hit us up and we'll throw them a shout out. Let people know where the fuck the shows are at. Um, it's pretty much been our fucking mission since we started this thing to grow as chopper builders, help people grow as chopper builders. And help build the chopper scene. So, anything surrounding any of that, we are more than willing to help. One last thing, too, that I'm interested in. I want to bring into the show, and I might live to regret this because I know we we already have a good thing going and a decent workload with it, is I would like to bring in a video component this year. I would like for there to be... You know, I'm not saying we're going to do a broadcast of every episode and everything's going to be, everything's going to have a visual component, but I think that... At least once a month or yeah, something. Some type of thing where people can see us, Because it's really cool, us. like the last one we did where people were able to, um, like, interact with us as the show was happening. Right. It was super fucking rad to do that. Now, my initial thoughts with it are that, and we're kind of just going to brainstorm on air here, but... Maybe we initially start that out as a thing for for the Patreon people, uh, where they can do that. Maybe that is two, epi- two episodes out of... Because sometimes we're remote. Sometimes things get in the way. Right. But I do want to bring some additional component for the people that are supporting the show, because we appreciate you guys. We are stoked that you feel like you want to kick in a little bit to contribute to what we're making here. And I want to bring a video element absolutely to those people but then also maybe eventually to everyone yeah so we're just trying to figure out how to do it what equipment we're going to need and and really just deciding what capacity that's going to be in so more to come on that but that's that's a goal for this year i think year three will be the year we we bring the video in all right what do we got next Caleb Denton. He says, when are you going to do a garage tour at my pad? Oh, shit. This motherfucker lives far as hell. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Not saying that we won't make it out there. Aren't there, Uh, like, not even mailboxes there? Yeah, there's, like, I don't even know how we would get there. I think he lives in the Bermuda Triangle. But, um, yeah, who knows? We could be out that way next year. Honestly, who knows? Um... We'll have to see where the shows take us. Because I will say one of the shows that I am interested in next year is the Handbill Show. 
I definitely want to check that yeah, one out. Yeah, true. And that one is a fucking troop. So if we're already that far, we might as well come out and see you. Because where's Caleb? I think he's at Arizona. Arizona? Or somewhere right Hand there. Handles, Texas. I think he's got to be close like Arizona. All right, so... This next one comes from Jim Morgan X. Says, in the two years that you guys have been doing the show, what is the best lesson you've both learned? I would say, you got one or you want me to go Sorry. first here? I don't know about the best. I might have more than one here, but the first one that comes to mind is the way we began the show and the lesson that we've been, we were fortunate to have thought about in the beginning and have definitely learned since producing it is under promise and over deliver yes i feel like this has been crucial that so many podcasts that start bright and then flame out yeah are just think they're you know we're gonna do all of this stuff and you know we're gonna do video and twice a week we're gonna do video and all these things and it it becomes unsustainable and before you know it you're not enjoying what you're doing anymore and i think that one of the things that I remember you saying, Loctite, in the beginning was that no matter what we do, it needs to be fun. It right. needs to stay fun for us. That's the reason we're doing this out on the ranch right now, outside. Yes, we can get better sound quality indoors, but it's enjoyable to do the show because we do it once a week. We are consistent with it. We don't miss. And... We made that promise from the beginning, and it's and it's, it was a promise we knew we could keep, and we keep it every week. And I feel like that's one of the most important things that's grown this show, is that people know, on Friday, check your feed. Yeah. I agree with that. That's a really good one, actually. So they say, podcast, it's all it's all about consistency. I know I feel that way. I listen to a bunch of different podcasts. That, and I was going to say, that's the biggest thing. Like, I've just, like... So I, I never even listened to podcasts until after we started this podcast. No, actually, I lied. I, was I started say. the Riders on Norm was the only one That's I ever true. listened to. Yeah. And then after this, I really got into the whole podcast world. But um, there's a couple that I listened to and have just stopped listening to them. Because I'm sick of going there every couple of days to check and there's nothing. Check, there's nothing. Check, there's nothing. Like, that shit drives me fucking insane. I like knowing... Wednesday, I'm listening to this podcast. Yep. And it's like, so my probably my favorite one other than this is um, the Meat Eater podcast, yeah. which is a hunting podcast. I and thought this was a hunting podcast. He is pretty on top of it, but there's been weeks where like he just will like skip one because he's like in Alaska hunting or some shit, mm. and it boils my fucking blog because <laughs> it like right? fucks up my day because every week that's what i'm doing on that day yeah and i got two true crime podcasts that come out on mondays and i know in one of them is comes out every monday the other one sometimes he, do, he doesn't say anything but sometimes he just doesn't drop it and the other one always drops it and i tell you which one i like better yeah is the one that i know when I'm coming off of the weekend and I'm back at work on Monday morning, I know Crime Junkies is going to be there. Yo. And that is everything when you're listening, especially if you're interacting. And these, are, these aren't shows that I interact with the hosts. Right. You know? We have so many people that actually talk to us every week that it's like our personal phones will blow up if there's not an episode there on Friday. Yeah. 
And and that's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing that people want to hear it that bad, you know? I think we, you, you're in trouble when people don't hit you up and they're like, yeah, I could give a fuck if it's there or not. I don't really... Right. Not that into it. So I'm... It's a, it's a good situation to be in. Right. I think that's probably my... Uh, best lesson I've learned is that I think the reason people enjoy and like this show so much is because it's so personal. Like these guys can half the people that listen to this podcast have my cell phone number. Yeah. And probably have your cell phone number and follow our business pages and our personal pages and the podcast page and we're pretty good about getting back to people. So I think that's probably the best lesson I've learned is people really like shit to be personal and like be able to get their answers i mean their questions answered and uh pretty much like what you said just the consistency they really dig that shit and it's more important than i thought it was yeah i i do think uh it's one of those things that's easy to overlook because it's it's easy to if you had a podcast where you weren't consistent and it wasn't doing so well to think that it was your content right you know it's easy to to just and that's the thing, too, is, like, I will be the first one to admit it. Our content isn't always a banger of a show. I agree. Like, we've put out some shows where I'm like, ugh. Like, the next day, I'm like, I wish that went better. But it's yep. like, people aren't mad about it because they know next week we're going to fucking kill it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and we're still there. I think right. that's the thing, too. Because there, there's podcasts that I love that some some weeks, even though their content is well-produced, I just don't care about it. Right. Sometimes they're covering a, I mean, it's not all true crime, but for the sake of the example, sometimes they're covering a case that I'm just like, this is just boring as fuck. I just have no interest in this storyline. Right. And it's like, okay, maybe I don't, maybe I don't check out the whole show that week, but I'm still stuck. I'm still the first person there Monday morning saying, okay, what do we got this week? Right. You know? And I feel like you just have to, as a podcast creator, you just got to understand that that kind of comes with the territory everything isn't for everybody and it's going to be some weeks you like more than other weeks but there's always going to be that next week all right um do you get any more before i move on to this next one here um the other thing actually i have one more while we're on the topic i would say that making a personal connection with the people that listen to the show yeah i feel like this show wouldn't be what it is if we didn't give you guys our, our personal Instagrams, if we didn't have, didn't give you guys our cell phone numbers, if we didn't And we talked about guys our personal shit outside of, like, the show, which yeah. I feel like people dig, because, like, they know, like, and listen, I don't have, like, this rock star, like, alter ego. <laughs> like, I don't think that whatsoever, but I feel like us being able to, like, share our personal shit makes the listeners, like, be closer with us. I agree. I think people are... Not everybody is just an Instagram chopper guy. You know, people have written to me about house shit that goes wrong. Right. And I'm like, oh, dude, I fucking know. I had to tear my whole porch down. And it's like, we're... Amidst all the chopper stuff, we're also people. And so is everybody else. And that kind of connection is important, too. Right. I have a really good one. Um, this is This might be the biggest lesson I've learned, honestly. Um, Good. That was the question. So, I know we did a much. So much me and Greece, <laughs> me and Greece, uh, I think we've talked about this before. Before the show, we would go to chopper shows and runs and stuff like that, and it was literally just me and him talking to each other at a chopper show. 
because yeah. we don't fucking know anybody and all this shit. Um, so I think after doing this show and like talking to so many people and meeting so many people, um, the biggest lesson I've learned is these people are approachable as fuck. Like these guys, I would say probably 90% of the people in the chopper community, except the ones that think they're fucking too cool for school and want to act like a douchebag. And there are a few. Yeah. There, are, there are definitely a few. Um, but I think I would say 90% of the people are like down and enjoy helping people grow and like, like to see people make progress. Um, so if I could give any kind of advice of like the lesson I've learned is don't be afraid to hit those shows you've never been to and just start shooting the shit with somebody. If you don't like them, they don't like you, who fucking cares? Move on to the next person and it's only going to grow your experience and the adventures that you're going to be on. Right. And if and if that's too big a lift to just go to the show, at least send that message. You know? Slide in the DMs of somebody that you whose builds you've been following, let them know you like what they're doing. The conversation will come. It always does. And then once you're talking to them, hey, are you going to this next show? Are you going to be at this thing, you know, and meet up with them there? That's I remember that's what we were doing when we were first starting the show. Yeah. Back when we would make an Instagram post and be like, what are you guys riding? And, like, one person was like, what's a podcast? And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Our Instagram feed sucks. <laughs> but now, you know, we've made those connections and now people respond. And it's, it's amazing how much it's grown in two years. And if you have been listening to this show this long and you haven't sent us a message yet, I want to see that fucking message. Yeah, it, that would blow my mind. Honestly. It would, but it, it has to be. It has to be because there's thousands of listens, right? And there's maybe hundreds of messages, total messages. And I think that's something important that we should let people know is like we do get hundreds of messages. So like, don't be afraid to send a fucking message. Yeah, because we're talking to all these people, and it's not always like them showing us cool shit they've done. It's them asking us questions, or them just saying like, hey whatever like introducing themselves which is fucking rad because next time i go to a show i remember having a fucking conversation with you in the dm and i feel like we already have a connection and i can just walk up to you and say what up right like in a good example this is uh quat 13 i read it during the shout outs he has a 95 evo sportster that is having a motor problem right now now i it's not like i talk to him every day but that evo sportster problem has been on my mind since i read this message and I've been asking people right. questions about what he was asking me so that I can get... So because I don't have the answer, I want to find the answer or at least give him the name of the person right. that he can write to and get the answer. See, that's the other It cool. actually matters to me. I want him to fix it. That's you know the I mean? other cool part, too, is like when people hit us up and we don't know, that makes us ask questions that we normally would not have ever asked. So really, these guys are coming to us for help, and it's really helping us gain more fucking knowledge on shit that we would have never asked about because we don't have that bike. Right. So, it, it works itself around. So, fucking just reach out. Stop being a little bitch and fucking <laughs> send us a message. That's another lesson I've learned is that's how, this is how you have to talk to you people. Yeah. It's fucking... Yeah. It's just ruthless out there. You gotta, you know, sometimes you gotta just come in hot. That's the only way. Let's see. We got Not Cool Nate Bev says you get one day with any chopper builder alive or past is this a multiple parts question 
Okay, yeah, okay, this is all one question. You get one day with any chopper builder alive or past. You can ride any bike ever made on a perfect day slash ride, or you can spend the whole day in the shop working and learning from them. Who is it, and would you ride or work? You cannot do both. P.S. Well done on two years. Your dedication is an inspiration to us all. This is a good one. That's a good question, huh? That is a really good one. My goodness. It's so hard because, like, I immediately want to go to, like, the guys from the beginning when, like, they didn't have inspiration. You know what I mean? Like, Sugar Bear and... Oh, like... Yeah. Like, that, like, immediately draws my mind. Like, I want to know how they came up with these ideas that everybody's still doing the same thing fucking 50 years later. You know what I mean? Right. Um, But I would say, like, to be completely honest, and it's, like, I know, the most fucking cliche but I, it would probably be Jesse James and for the fact that I have zero skill and zero time shaping metal and that guy is such an absolute fucking animal and just is such a wealth of knowledge that I don't even care about riding I would just want to be in the shop with him all day picking every bit of information off of his brain yeah, so that part of the question is easy. The the shop, I would take the time in the shop over the time on the road. Um, I, I mean, obviously, I'd love both, but if I had to pick one, I'd want to learn from them. Jesse James is such a good one because it's it's metal shaping, it's welding, it's blacksmithing, it's right. all the shit that that I feel like no matter what you're into, the shit that's not easy to come by for. And the like other a lot thing, of who's like. And I always say this like as an example, but it's like one thing that I've seen him do that just blew my mind. But when he forged and made his own Springer, like literally just like forging and like pounding fucking square stock down and making a Springer, I was like, this dude is a fucking animal. And like you can't learn that shit from just any Joe Schmo on the street or like any shop that you work at because right. people don't do that shit. And he had a show... Uh, and I don't even know if this was a show or a YouTube series that I remember, but specifically why I would want to, I'm just going to piggyback off your answer here, why I would want to talk with Jesse James is he was talking about making flanges, exhaust flanges, and he was talking about how, you know, any anybody that, you know, runs a CNC machine could make these in, in no time flat, and you could CNC cut them, and, and he's like, but people don't know how would you... How would you go about laying this out if you had to do this by hand? Right. And I get it from the business perspective. It's, you know, you want to be able to CNC things and automate things, and that's modern business and all of that. But I really appreciate the fact that he wants to keep some things traditional. Right. And I liked that thing of how he traced it out and how he how he made sure that it, that it became a perfect triangle and... And, you know, laying a coin down to round the edge and tracing right. around it. And, like, all these little tricks because those are the kind of things that get you out of a jam when you're stuck on another project. Programming the CNC is great. If you have a CNC. If you have a CNC. <laughs> and But even that, it's like it's it's what you what do you have the desire to learn. I don't really have a strong desire to do CNC work. Right. Um, but I, I do have a strong desire to learn how, how you would lay it out by hand. Right. Because... I know people that do CNC work, and if I wanted something CNC'd, I'd, I would just give it to them. And right. I'd say, you know, you already know what you're doing. 
Um, Jesse James just has such a a, a wide skill set. And I just like his style, too. Like, And everybody says he's a sellout because of fucking Monster Garage and all that bullshit and West Coast Shoppers. But, like, the dude was a businessman. Built an empire at West Coast Shoppers. Sold the original fucking thing. Made all his money. And now the dude's just doing what he wants to do. He's making guns. He's the one guns. that got that crazy deal with Walmart because Kid Rock told him that he should do it when everybody else told him not to Probably. do the deal with Walmart. <laughs> and he got this, like, insane deal that they would never <clears throat> give anybody nowadays. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, he made the money that he needed to make. And good for him. You should and be, like, everyone should be, not you specifically, everyone should be happy that this dude was successful. Right. You know, he, sh- he shouldn't be looked at as a he sellout. Killed he killed it at doing shit it. that he loved doing. And now he's literally just doing what he loves doing. He's making guns. He's making bikes building cars and like but the coolest thing i like about him is if you search on youtube um he did like this little series where i think it was at austin speed shop maybe and i think i want to say the episode i watched was um how to make a fender yeah and he was just like all about this young buck that he brought in that knew absolutely nothing about shaping metal and pretty much like showed the dude how to build a fender from scratch how to heat it, how to fucking uh, shape it, and, like, went on to, like, talk about how much he appreciates young people coming into the shop and wanting to learn how to do shit the hard way. Yeah. So, I just appreciate anybody that's willing to do that kind of, like, spend the time and teach people the shit that they've learned. Right, the mentorship aspect. Absolutely. So I think that about covers. Oh, yikes. You okay, bud? We got some dogs running around under the table right now. Sit down, bud. Good boy. All right. Who do we got next? You got this pulled up? Um, I got it here. Uh, Johnny fucking Monty says, congratulations, motherfuckers. Have you ever thought of planning a trip to the Canadian Rockies? There's some beautiful sights and roads to be seen in British Columbia, so come on up sometime. Cash. The Canadian Rockies, is that what's on the Coors Light can? I think so. Do they turn blue and then we can (laughs) slam a beer together? Uh, A trip to the Canadian Rockies... Out of the oh, question. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. I I can't cross the the fucking border. Is that forever? (laughs) I don't know. I just know Canada's not about having felons run around their country, so. So that would make that a little bit tough. <laughs> I can tell you this, though. I know that my wife is interested in going to visit. Oh, fuck. Now I can't remember the name of the place. I want to say it was near Vancouver. I was talking to Clayton Cotton when I was going to come up. We were going to do it in the wintertime. Some, some town. I'll, I'll shoot you a message. Because um, if I do end up coming up there with the wife, I will definitely let you know. There's no way I would make a trip to Canada and not blast it out there to everyone we yeah. know in Canada. To say, like, hey, I know Canada is fucking huge, but <laughs> everyone descend on this area. So if it, if it does happen this winter, um, you'll be hearing from me for sure. All right. So this next one is from... System Neo Dutch. Did you ever find the first one? No. And I wrote to you, <laughs> listen, buddy, System Neo Dutch, you motherfucker, I wrote to you and 
you did not respond. I was trying to find your first question because you numbered these and you have two, three, and four, but there's no number one. So let's just start with number two. He says, instead of doing all of the sponsors at the start, do them every 15 minutes. This would be so much more annoying, I promise you. I know yes. you think that it wouldn't, but it would be. It would be. Because the- we'd be right in the middle of yeah. something, and then it's like, uh, and before we continue, a quick word from our sponsors, yeah. and nobody likes that. I hate that. Mediator Podcast does that, and it drives me fucking insane. Uh, I like the fact that we do it right in the beginning and right at the end. So that way, once we get all the sponsor stuff taken care of, we can... Uh, just carry on with our conversation and not be interrupted whatsoever. So yeah, it's just it's just so much easier that way. I know it probably sucks for listeners having to hear ten minutes of that stuff in the beginning, but it's not like we're having like shave gel ads and fucking where to get tampons for your old lady. It's all people yeah. in the chopper industry that people you support anyway. So it's community stuff. So that's that. Uh, let's see. Number three, he says, which one of you loves motherfucking Jerry the most? Are you willing to fight a duel for his affection? Oh, I'm willing to kill a motherfucker for Jerry. This is true. <laughs> I know Loctite and Jerry go way back, but uh, Jerry is the motherfucking homie. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. We had a great time down in Jersey. Last time we were there, cannot wait to reconnect at the fucking... What is this thing called? Seaside Bike Fest. Yes. That's going to be awesome. Got the fucking rooms booked, by the way. We're in there. Nothing better cancel this motherfucking event. Swear to God. I'll be so pissed. I'm pissed about Glory Days being canceled. That one got canceled? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So Glory Days got canceled. Sucks, because I was finally going to get to meet up with Josh uh, from Steel City Blacksmithing. And he hit me and Jerry up and was like, look, my dad has a toy hauler. I'll park that bitch in front of my fucking house, and you guys can just crash there if you want. And that's Glory Days this year. And I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. And then Glory Days got canceled. I I mean, I get it. I get where Kurt's coming from. Um, it sucks. It got to a point where they weren't allowed to have food vendors. They couldn't have beer vendors. So it just put them in a tough spot. And Kurt's a guy that doesn't want to just throw a show just to say that he threw a show. He wants it to be what he envisions for the show. So... I respect this gangster. I get it. And uh, we'll see him next year. All right. Let's see. What else have we got here? Number four, he said, Whiskey Eye is super hot. I agree. Can't deny this. <laughs> Whiskey Eye is they don't call, homie. They don't call it babes, bikes, and beards for nothing. Yeah. All right. Let's see here. We got John Sabula says you can only have one no dunks or no chops fuck you you're an animal god what a different animal question what in the world do we do here so i would say uh, uh oh man i'm gonna have to go no dunks because i only drink iced coffee from dunks my hot coffee comes from home so i can deal with that just drink my black hot coffee in the morning and call it a day <laughs> I tell you what the move is, if you guys want to get over your Dunks addiction, you get yourself an espresso pot, right? Inside that espresso pot, you make a whole fucking 
pot full of Cafe Bustello. What is an espresso pot? It's uh, like super strong coffee. It's like this tiny little uh, aluminum pot that like bubbles up. It's so it makes like a, it would make like a full, you know, you, you know what an, an espresso shot is, right? With yeah. that tiny little amount. So Isn't imagine it just like black coffee. Yeah, but it's not just coffee. It's like, espresso. So it's like a think of it as beer versus liquor of coffee. This is the liquor, right? Right. But what is, is like it? This, it's coffee, but it's super, super highly caffeinated pack a punch type coffee where you're supposed so it's to like, drink say just like, a shot of it. So when I was when I was in jail, we used yeah. to do this thing because we obviously there's no uh, pre workouts or anything like that. So we used to take a small like bathroom Dixie cup, yeah, fill that with water. And then put four tablespoons of instant coffee inside of it. Yeah, it's, it's very much like that. Okay. Right, but it tastes better than that, I, I would think. Yeah, that Never tastes, tried that. It tastes horrible, but, but, um, but it, it gets you amped. <laughs> so you so you make a whole pot of espresso, and instead of taking just one shot of espresso, you pour the whole pot in your cup, and then you put two gigantic, uh, you know those big fucking uh, circular ice block things that I have? Yeah. I pop two of those in with it, and then I pour some milk in there to fill up the rest of the cup that will get you fucking going it will also make you shit too i should mention that so don't fucking do it and then get right in the car but uh <laughs> it will get your fucking day going that's what i've been going back to now fuck cafe bustello it's got to be cafe bustello don't just get some espresso trash it's got to be cafe bustello it comes in a white brick and when you pick it up at the grocery store, you have to put it to your nose and sniff it like it's some cocaina and then slice into it with a very nice switchblade and let the coffee just fall out onto the table. You really paint a picture here. Yeah. Oh, believe me, I paint this picture every morning when I wake up. My wife's like, are you doing this again? And I'm like, it's the Colombian Bam Bam, babe. I'm trying to get my fucking morning started. So, Actually, I changed my answer. I mean, at this point, I feel like I would just give choppers up. As long as I keep the ones I have. Oh, yeah. Is that part of it? You get to keep the chops you have? Because I'm sick of fucking building bikes right now. It's like I'm coming off another build, but... Yeah, you've been doing quite a, quite a few here. All right. Let's see. Good boy. Get back here. Whew. We got motherfucking Uncle Charlie. Back again? He Who says... you could ask, too. He says, am I invited to hang out the night before Deadbeat Retreat? Well, motherfucking... UCC Customs, we've already talked about this, sidebar text, and uh, yes, you are coming to the Unicorn Ranch, and uh, we're going to fucking let it all hang out. That's it. Uh, let's see. Best bang for the buck with bike stand slash lifts, asks Cooper 87 Simple answer on the lift, and that is that you need to get yourself a Harbor Freight $300 red lift. It is the move. It is the, the entry-level move. 100%. And outside of the fact that you're going to have to make a better wheel chalk than the one that comes with it. Which isn't even bad. Yeah. Or you just do like me. I just put them on the kickstand. I don't even make the wheel chalk. That's insane. <laughs> Absolutely insane. It, I tell you this. It does not work well with the soft tail. Here's it's the other thing you heavy. can do, too, is just scour Facebook Marketplace because those lifts pop up all the goddamn time like non-stop you can get it for 200 bucks easy on facebook marketplace and then for the wheel chalk part of it i bought a like one of those roll in like the rocker um wheel oh, the harley rocker c 
like you like roll the wheel over and it flips <laughs> up and locks the wheel in. I got yeah. one of those for 30 bucks. So Facebook Marketplace is your friend. That's the move, definitely. But uh, Do also, what he did. Don't try to... For if, if, if you can find that for 30 bucks, there's no reason to be modifying the other one. Agreed. Um, also, you can build a wooden table. Uh, I actually have one of those in my shop, and uh, EasyCo runs those. Um, they're nice for like long-term products, products that don't have to come on and off the lift, and they're super fucking cheap. All right, what do we got next? Let's see. Rhino Dick says, if the man shuts down deadbeat retreat, are we all storming the beaches of Maine and taking that shit by force, or is there a plan B? Right now, Deadbeat Retreat is on and ready to rock and roll. I don't have a plan B in place because I, it does not seem like there's anything that's going to shut this down. New Hampshire and Maine have been seeing decreased caseload. Yeah. So I really don't think that these states are going to be having the problems of like a, of a city like Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. And worst case scenario, we'll just do a run. Everybody's going to go, we'll just fucking ride, and we'll find a place to camp. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, we're camping. Let's see. Herman Munster says, Do I have to wear cutoffs at Deadbeat Retreat? Or can I sport my Magnum PI OP cords? Op cords. What the fuck is that? I don't know what that is. You gotta wear cutoffs. Gotta, gotta wear cutoffs, or at least a or at least a short bathing suit. Yeah, some cut jeans or fucking something. Or cut your bathing suit short. That's you know, that, those are your two options. Chopper Fisher says, why haven't I heard any motherfucking welding tips from Greece? What did you bastards say to make him stop? Also, any rugrats on chopping into your new twin cam already? Ooh. So. Oh. Regrets. It's regrets. But regrets <laughs> is spelled not even, even regrets is spelled wrong on the, on the intentional misspelling. So let's see. As far as the welding tips, I'm happy to share welding tips with anybody that is looking for welding tips. I think the biggest concern is people are not necessarily trying to hear about these welding tips. Um, but I will say, since we since we have stopped doing welding-focused episodes, I have had a ton of welding time on stainless. 304, 316, stainless to mild all that shit so if that's something you want to hear about and you want a tips and tricks for welding stainless to come up as a topic for future episodes let me know because we can definitely make that happen uh and as far as cutting into the new bike it is not a twin cam but it is an evo and i have no regrets at all with cutting into that one because let me say it's really to me it would I would rather have the bike be down for a little bit than run a chopper podcast and ride a stock bike. I just can't do it. It, it now this this wouldn't be a problem for everybody probably, but it just feels so backwards to be running this show and and not on a chop. So it's got to be chopped up. Next up, we have Baston Builds Bikes says, if you could only ride one stock bike for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, for me, it would be a panhead. Because I already have a shovel head, and a stock panhead is still cool as fuck. 
That's true. Let's see. Because I would want it to... I'd want to... I'd probably do... I mean, a, a pan would be great. Knuckle would be great. I want to say a knuckle, but but I don't know enough about a knuckle to know that, that it would be enjoyable to have that be the only thing I could ride. Right. So I would go with a shovel because it's a good displacement. Somewhat modern. I know people could do the highway on it, and I've seen some pretty badass-looking shovels that uh, they look pretty decent stock, too. All right. What else we got here? Motherfucking Jerry writes in and says, When are we doing a unicorn ranch retreat? Listen, this may be a thing. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple ideas, but I may do something for the weekend that uh, Glory Days was supposed to be. So, stay tuned. I'll let you know. That'd be sick, dude. Uh, Born Again Choppers. Says I just got a brand new 65 XLCH 900. Was, where did you find a brand new 1965? Damn, <laughs> guy's got a time machine. This guy has a DeLorean as his backup ride. Says should I keep the left brake right shift or do a foot clutch jockey shift? So here's the problem: is that you're asking this question. This would be the weirdest setup ever because if you want to do. Right now, it's left side brake, right side shift. So your foot clutch jockey shift would end up being, your jockey shift would be on the right. Well, you could switch it, though. You could. You could use a 75 and 76 crossover linkage. Um, and I have seen people do it. Uh, and I think it's ironheadchopper.com has a bunch of pictures of, it's like a whole glossary of all the years and choppers from each one of those years that people submitted. Um, I'm always for the foot clutch jockey shift. But I would I would want it set up to where the shifter was on the left. I would not want one of those things where you get the, the shifters on the right and you have to take your hand off the clutch. Or excuse me, you have to take your hand off the throttle to reach the shifter. That's just me personally. I wouldn't want that, but... What do, what do you think? Um, I mean, as a man who does not have any jockey shift bikes, I would leave it. Mm. <laughs> But it would be cool as fuck, Jockey Shift. No doubt. So there's that. Let's see. Uh, Mark Cheese says, What's one thing you would change on a previous chopper build if you had to do it all over again? I would have used a bigger displacement motor. That's what I would have done. I would have not built a 650. I would have built a fucking shovel. Or I would have just done the Roadstar build first. Or I would have done the build I'm doing now first. Honestly, that's the biggest thing. It's just, for me, the reason it hasn't gotten fixed is just, it's just not that, i just not that much in love with the, the tiny motors. Yeah. All the Triumph guys are going to talk shit to me now. And the Honda CB450 <laughs> guys. Uh, I would say uh, one thing I would change, I already talked about the steps out, so we'll bring up this new build, the Shovelhead. Um, one thing I would change, I would have redone the motor beforehand um but at the time i didn't think i had enough time to do it so but if i could go back now i would definitely have done the motor first there you go let's see oh what a what a fitting question after the last answer there i promise we didn't plan this 
Seeing I-94, says, have either, have either of you guys considered doing a 125cc chop? I've got a 74CB125 and a 75CB200 I've considered chopping. I would tell you, don't do it. Unless you have another bike. But, I mean, you just, you put so much time into getting the chop just right. That if you can't do the things, multi the multi-state trips, and if you can't go on the highway with it, to me, I don't know. Maybe maybe you do a, a, a scaled down version of that build, and you're doing something where you're just going to rip it around in the woods. And I would absolutely build it, but as like an, an adventure bike. Yeah, for that purpose, I could totally I could totally see it. You know, you want to trailer it to the thing and then like like when Devible came with the pit bike you know like there's a place for that definitely so yeah. it all depends on what you're going to use it for as long as you understand the limitations of what you're building I think you'd be you'd be fine uh, he also says if the bike rental does not work out whose bike am I riding bitch on if I have to ride bitch I'll carry the road beers and keep us quenched you have to ride, bitch, on mine. You can pour those beers into my mouth while I ride. <laughs> Sounds here's, like a great way for me to get there. Here's what I'll say is if the bike rental doesn't work out, um, we will 100% have a truck or a van for you to drive. Who knows? You could be driving the fucking the Unicorn Ranch fucking candy van. <laughs> oh, there you go. Let's see. Long John Chopper Coasters. My question is, how does one decide how to initially set up slash lay out a new garage space? Just got a two-car, and I don't even know where to start. Whew. I'll say this, man. I have a three-bay garage. And, I mean, granted, I share it with two people now. But I don't think there's a solid layout plan. Um, Pretty much, you just got to get everything in there. I would say definitely utilize your wall space. And, but you're not going to find the layout that you need until you start working in there. Yeah. And I would also say, start with what you intend to specialize in. When I set my garage up, I started with the fab table and I built everything else around the fab table because I knew that the fab table was going to be my biggest moneymaker in the garage and my main focus. So everything else was kind of secondary to that. You know, I didn't... And I moved the fab table around a few... To, to Loctite's point, I moved the fab table around multiple times. So if I had just said, I'm going to do the whole thing, and I laid out the whole garage around the fab table right in the beginning, would have been a mistake. Start with the thing that you're going to use, and maybe in your case, that's going to be the bike lift. Put the bike lift in a good spot. Put your tool cart somewhere close by, and I would advise a pegboard somewhere so that you can see the tools. See, I can't do the pegboard thing. I need to have just a big toolbox and have it all in drawers. The pegboard thing doesn't work out for me. I have too many small tools. Yeah. Um, but one thing I would definitely say, keep in mind while designing or figuring out where you're putting shit, is make a space for your bikes that you're not working on. Yeah, that, that's not, really good advice. Yeah, like make sure you have room to put the bikes that aren't being touched where they're not going to be in your way. You don't have to climb over them to get tools. Like, designate one corner of your shop for your bikes. That, that's very good advice because I didn't do that, and now I'm trying to figure out where to put the bikes. Let's see. Trey Kashinsky says, 
what are the top five things you bring to a chopper show slash camp out? You want to go first and I'll do my five? Or I'll do my yeah. five and then you go. What are you going to um, First things would be something to sleep, like your camp setup. We'll do, I guess we could just lump that into one. So for me, that's going to be like a hammock, a tarp, and that's it. Um, you know, so what you're sleeping in, your sleep system. Second thing is a hatchet or a small axe because you're going to want to be able to split up some wood around the campfire. Uh, next thing would be a bunch of beers. You need to make sure you got, or the cooler, I guess. So the cooler has to come there somehow. So you got something to drink when you're there. You will need a flashlight. Don't come without a flashlight or you're going to be tripping over everybody's fucking campsite. <laughs> That's going to be a fucking struggle. Especially when you camp with a bunch of hammock guys that like to stake out tarps. There's fucking guy lines everywhere. So <laughs> bring a fucking flashlight. Um, and bring shit to cook with. This is a big thing. Everybody shows a up with like thing. straight up packages of bacon. Not one person brought a grate. So there's nothing to cook the bacon on. So come with a pan. Come with a grate. Come with something that you can cook on. Um... And then the means to start a fire. Um, my speed round for five things that come to mind. It sounds like more than five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get fire kit, flashlight, <laughs> sleep system, beers, and a hatchet. And a flashlight and a five star. <laughs> no, the fire is part of it. I did flashlight with six. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so I will say first thing um, I'm packing is my hammock. And with my hammock, is a whole setup, the bug net, the rain fly, uh, my sleeping bag, all that bullshit. Um, second thing I'm definitely bringing is extra socks. I will bring one pair of pants, one pair of shorts, and 30 pairs of socks. No, you don't need to say. You're going to be flip-flopping the whole time anyway. Listen, I do not like having wet feet. I need to have dry socks to put on at all times. So socks is my fucking thing. Um... Third thing, definitely bringing, uh, like we said, a hatchet. You need a hatchet. I don't care who you are, you need a fucking hatchet if you're going to have a fire. Or um, a 19-inch mm-hmm. axe, like something small. Yeah, some, yeah, something small that doesn't take up a lot of fucking room. You don't need a full 26-inch swinging axe. You're not felling a tree. You're just splitting some wood. Um, and definitely a 19-inch is better than a hatchet. I'll say that much. It's really hard agreed. to split wood with a hatchet. Yeah, it sucks. But it works. 19 inches um, your sweet spot. Next thing I'm bringing is, uh, like Reese said, some kind of pan or something. A cast iron pan works fucking great. Um, I never bring mine for some reason. I have a fuckload of cast iron pans, and I never heavy. bring one. They're heavy. Um, that's a, that's a it depends. Part. Like, yeah, if you're camping with a bunch of people, cast iron pans are not going to work out. Yeah, go get, only, the, get the stainless steel folding, so big. Uh, folding <laughs> skillet from Walmart for yeah. five bucks. They're only so fucking big. Um, and my fifth thing is going to be definitely a tool roll. I don't know if we brought that up. No, I didn't. That's a a tool point. roll is a fucking must, especially if you're riding a chopper because something's going to break or somebody else's bike is going to break. And that's it. Cool. I mean, drugs, though, that's a granite. So. Yep. 
We're you don't even have to bring those. Somebody's just going to push push them into your mouth when you get there. That's true. Uh, old Tugboat says, when building a project with a homie, at the end, when it comes to the money, is there an even split, or is there a parts list to be accounted for? Who gets what? I just want to ride the fucking thing when it's done. And this is an interesting question, because I'm not sure what the setup that you're describing here. I'm not sure if you're talking about you're building a bike for yourself, or... Yeah, that's a weird thing. I assume you mean you're building you just it want to yourself. ride it when it's done. It sounds like you're doing it yourself. But then, it's also weird to me. So that if this is the case, I'll tell you this: when it comes to helping homies with their builds, uh, everybody's going to do it a little bit different. And even I don't have a hard and fast rule for how I do it. There's times when I don't charge the homies anything. There's times when I do if things are really tight for me and I have other customer work that I have to put to the side and they really need something. I've never had somebody well, be it's like, like you're welding fucking hose brakes and you need a hose at the point. Yeah, so that that came up too because <laughs> I was doing a frame for for Fat Man and my welder was down at the time because I just found a huge ho- a huge uh, leak in the hose and it's like, hey, I need if you buy the hose and buy the and you know pay for the fill of the the argon gas because I'm out of that too, then I'll do your frame. Yeah, you know and for me that that's something I I'll, I'll work out on a case by case basis with the homies. And then there's other times where it's like, eh, yeah, I'll put some tank bungs in there. You know, I'm not going to charge you for it. It's just going to take a little bit of time. Right. But I've never had somebody, I've never had a homie commission a whole build through me that I was like spending weeks worth of time on and then had to settle up at the end. I don't like to do, I don't like to do the, like, I'm going to do all of these things and then settle up at the end. I kind of like to like, here's, as a buyer, I like to know what each thing costs. So I kind of, if I am charging a friend for something because it's like hardtails is a, is a good example because it's like it's so much of my time and it's so critical that I get it right that I usually do even for friends ask for a little bit of something just because it's not something you can just half ass if you do it wrong they could die so well so I'm structural thinking, shit. it sounds like I don't, this is a really weird question because he says at the end of the build when it comes to money is there an even split so it sounds like they're doing a job for somebody but then he says I just want to ride the damn right. thing. So, I don't know. That's the weird part to me is... This guy's drunk as fuck when he wrote this. doesn't make any sense. So, if it's a homie helping you, like Reese said, I like to help a homie out. Like, if I am in a spot where I can just, like, hook somebody up with a part that I have, I'm like, yeah, take it. I don't give a fuck. Um, When it comes to work, it's the same thing. I'd rather teach somebody how to do it. Um, Like what Reese said, he wanted to shave his lowers. I'm like, cool, come over. I'll show you how to work the lathe and fucking you can do it. Um, so that's the way I like to do shit. Uh, with Grease, it's a little different because it's TIG welding. He can't just be like, hey, just tap that rod on there. And that's all true, set. yeah. But at the same time, we did the exhaust on your bike, and I'm not going right. to charge you to... Like, we're doing it together. It's just I'm I'm just running the beat. Right. You know, but if you were like, hey, prep and grind and weld all my exhaust, I'd be like, okay, well, listen. Right. <laughs> let's, do, let's do this together. <clears throat> um, you would never but if put it, it to me in that situation, right. you know, but... But if it's a customer bike and, like, you're building it for somebody, because that's what it sounds like when you're saying, like, an even split of the money, um, usually the right way to go about it is when that money comes in, all the parts that were bought get paid for first. Oh, I know what he's saying. I think I understand what he's saying. He's saying that two guys are building a bike together. Who gets what? But what's what's the money part, though? Because it says when it comes to the money, is there an even split? I guess if they sell it. Or is there a parts it. list to be accounted for? 
I might have to throw the towel in on this question because it, I, I just don't have enough information to know that we're even yeah. answering what he's asking. So I will talk about slide in the DMs. We, yeah. We'll help you more. Uh, I would say if you're selling it, the parts list gets taken care of first, and then whatever's left after that, that gets split 50 50. Mm. That's it. If that doesn't answer it, right in, we'll fucking tell you a different thing. <laughs> yeah. All the way, Stody. How do you feel about sidecar builds? Know of any good ones worth checking out? If you were to do one, what kind of bike would you use? So, I have a massive German Shepherd. So, I've been looking into the sidecars, to be honest with you, because it would be super dope to be able to take the dog on the bike. I don't I don't know of any good ones. I really have only thought about the idea in my head. So, this is a good prompt to say, I'm going to look it up. And if I do find any cool ones, I will let you know. I would probably do it with a Harley, because I assume that would be the easiest thing to get compatible parts for. Uh, so with me, I have really no interest in a sidecar build, um, but a survey car build would be something that would be really cool that I'd be interested in. Oh, there you go. Uh, trust the rust. When you load a bike into a truck, do you push it up, start it up, and walk next to it using its own power to pull it up, or ride that bitch up with the feet on the pegs? And then uh. he says also... What's your favorite way to unload a bike that is foot clutch with no front brake? Whew. That's that's the, the real question. The other one is kind of pick your poison. For me, I like to... It's been so long since I've had a bike that didn't have a foot clutch that walking it up under its own power has never been an option for me in in recent memory. So usually I just push it up. I do the, the same thing, and I have hand clutches. Yeah, and, so you, and you still don't do it that way. Right. Yeah. I just push it up. I certainly don't ride it up. Uh, um, but I will say, I had a dude come to load up a dirt bike that I welded an exhaust for. Um, and one great tip is when you put the ramp up against the tailgate of your truck, tie a ratchet strap from one of the slats down to your tow hitch so it can't slide out. I thought that was a great no, the other, Here's the best thing that I like is... So when I had the hood rat, that bike is very, very, very low. If you need to put that into a truck, it'll bottom out every time. I think we did this at your house. Yeah, we did. Yep, you and put the bike out. on the ramp and then lift the ramp up. Yeah, this is the way to do it. Yep. So you get the front tire up onto the tailgate. And then somebody so else just goes the to the back end on the ramp. And then somebody else goes to the back of the ramp and lifts it up and it rolls right in. Mm-hmm. That is the best way on a fucking low bike, lower bike. That's the money move. Uh, for the part about the unload a bike with a foot clutch, with you no just front push brake, it up. This is why you push it up. Yeah, well, to unload. Oh, to unload it. Super pain in the dick. Yeah. Um, so I don't have a foot clutch, but I only have I have no front brake. So to unload mine's kind of a pain in the dick too. But the way I do is I just leave it in first gear and clutch it to stop. Well clutch to go and let the clutch out to stop. Yeah. Uh, with a foot clutch, I think you just have to put it neutral and have two people. Yeah, this is this is <laughs> like correct. One person only. goes on the bottom, one person goes on the top and you walk it down that way. I've never um, I've never really had to do it all on my own. Sorry about I'm this pitter-patter, by the way. We're still outside. Yeah. Under a... Uh, easy up. Easy up, and it's fucking raining. But we're motherfucking committed. <laughs> so, we get it. the show done, Okay. <laughs> We get the show done. That's the last question, matter of fact. Speaking of getting the show done, fucking, that's it. All right, so to close this one out, I will say I am stoked to be celebrating two years 
and I'm ready to head to Deadbeat and pound some fucking beers. Fuck yes. Okay, what do you got for these people? Take them into year three. It's Friday, motherfuckers. Thanks for helping us be two years strong. Now play that motherfucking outro song. Mm-hmm.